1: Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer, so let's bring her out. A star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold.
0: You decide that you're gonna go on a Greyhound bus. Did you know you were gonna go to San Francisco or you didn't know where you were going? Well,
1: yeah, yeah, I guess I did. So okay. what happened a couple of the guys that were Boston Comics and that were very well regarded right. in the hierarchical social strata that there was, right. they did, they went to San Francisco. And now this is pre-cell phone. I assume they knew there was the San Francisco comedy competition. I didn't right. know that at the time, but I, I, that, that may have been their destination the whole time. That may have been the whole plan. Um, the way I understood it was they get out there and it turned out there was this competition and right. they joined. They went to different places on the way out. I can't remember if they drove or if they flew. I don't recall any longer. Um, But they would call um, the payphone at the Charles Playhouse. And we would all gather around the payphone. And there was a woman named Pat Ritz, who was uh, one of the producers with the Comedy Connection. And it, not a performer, but just, you know, but she was everybody's connection, you know? Um, she was the Consuelo. Of, right. So she would get on, the, and then she would say, like, um, you know, they're in Chicago. She would, you know, put her hand over the phone and and then tell her, they're in Chicago. And we would all be like, oh, my God, they're in Chicago. Oh, yeah. she, oh, she, oh, there's a club there called Zany. Oh, my God, there's a club. At some point, I realized that I would never... I, I would never be because I bombed a lot in Boston because I was just starting out. And guess what? When you're just starting out, you suck. Right. But other things, the guys could bomb and nobody held it against them forever.
0: Right. right? But would, you were representing an entire gender.
1: Well, that was part of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like I would bomb and I couldn't get work. The others would bomb and it was like, Oh my God, you see Teddy. Oh my God. He ate it. And and then, and then he's, you know, yeah, yeah. We got him. We got him tonight.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like there was no. Right. I was damned by everything I did. So I just had a feeling that I would never get anywhere just remaining there. And so I, I contacted uh, the guys who had taken this trip and after you know when they got back and uh and i got some you know names of places and i contact these places to see if i can come out and do like an open mic kind of thing and these and so i get on a greyhound bus back then you could buy a ticket book for 150 dollars. it was called an pass, and it was a blank ticket book and you could have it filled in for anywhere you wanted to go but that ticket book was only in effect for thirty days.
0: Wow! Okay. So
1: routing was very important, and so here's how I lived. I, because I had no money, Or, right. you know, very very little money. And so a dream here, you had a dream. I had a dream. I was I was a little comic with a dream. Right. If I went, if I wanted to go, say to Denver, right? I didn't have any place to stay, so. Here's what I would do. I would arrive, like, say, in the daytime sometime at, at the Denver Greyhound Station. The bus would roll in. I'd get off the bus. I would put my suitcase in a locker. I would go and look at the schedule of departures and arrivals. And I would find a destination that was four hours away from Denver. and. I would book my, I'd get them to write me a ticket for the last departure to that four-hour away destination, which might have been say midnight. Right. And I would make sure that I was back at the station at midnight. And I would take that bus four hours away. And then I would have a ticket written out to come back to Denver. And in that way I got my eight hours sleep.
0: Oh my. God, that is fucking crazy.
1: Wow. I can't remember how many times I did it. I can't remember if I did, (gasps) you know, more than I don't recall anymore. I know I I know I've done it more than once, but it was
0: so so long ago and I didn't, you know. That is amazing. Thank God you didn't have a Fitbit that was saying you're not getting enough sleep, you know, like. But but did you feel well rested or? Yeah. Yeah. You were, well, you were young. Yeah. I I love a Greyhound bus to this day.
1: I, I, and I can sleep anywhere. There's my problem is not, you know, trying not to sleep. Right. Uh, You know, I can doze off anywhere.
0: My friend, Jim Morris, who was. Oh, he, yeah. uh, Impressionist. He he did, he did, um. Clinton, he did really great, Clinton. And Bush, uh, he did, he was great, yeah. He was very good. Uh, he,
1: he had gone out to San Francisco and stayed. And so I had his, you know, if, so we had talked, and he kindly invited me to stay at his apartment. And so when I arrived at the San Francisco ground station, you know, I get on the pay phone and I call, Jim Morris, and he doesn't answer. And this is pre-answering machine. Right. So, you know, I, well, I don't have anywhere to go. Right. Well, it was, I believe it was election day that when Reagan was elected. I, I believe it was that that day was election day. Right. Um, so I went to hear John Anderson speak uh because he was speaking in I don't know union square whatever right. the hell near where I and I met a guy just that was there too and we got talking and I told him like you know that I just came from you know yeah. Massachusetts I didn't have anywhere to say and I end up spending the day with that guy and a couple different times I tried to call Jim Morris and I couldn't reach him. And this guy kindly allowed me to stay in his apartment. You know, I'll tell you, San Francisco was like that. that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like when someone was newly arrived, when someone, you know, when 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 someone found out that this is a newcomer. Right. The people who lived there and they weren't generally natives. Um, but the people would had a similar trajectory where, you know, oh, yeah, I came a couple of years ago. Right. And just, they delighted in showing you around. They delighted in welcoming you. It's not, to the best of my knowledge, like that anymore. Right. It was a world of misfits. It was a, a, it was a place for others, you know, well, you know, t- 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 tales of the city. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, when somebody found a newbie, they were like, hey, yeah.
0: come on. That is so crazy. And then you start working at the other cafe.
1: My Uh, favorite comedy venue ever. The other cafe.
0: You realize at this point, you know, coming from misogynist Boston, these people get me. Yeah, it
1: was a, it was, I couldn't have designed a better audience. Right, right, right at the other cafe and, and that, that location, uh, that particular venue o- only was there for six years. Now it's a different, it's a restaurant of a, of a different sort. Right. Um, and then the, the comics were weird and fun. Right. We had a good time. In fact, yeah. you know, a couple, couple, few years back now, um, they had a 30 year reunion of the other cafe and It was so much fun. I mean, many of us hadn't seen one another in many years at that point. And uh, sometimes I didn't even, like, I didn't even know that that guy was this person that I used to hang out. I'd say to somebody, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Time was not kind to all of us. Right. Uh, But, uh, I mean, we spent, you know, we spent a lot of the night just staring at one another. Um, but it was really fun. I, I, I was up. I d-
0: yeah, I don't think these, these comics don't understand that we were there all night. We hung out all night. I would MC so that I could develop material, like, and it, I would get more stage time.
1: Stuff. Right. Uh, you know, I used to MC the open mic night frequently at the other cafe. Right. And that's really how I learned to do what I do.
0: And you got on stage more than anyone else. And each time you were on stage, it had to be its own strong thing, which was made. Yeah. Um, And now that job is delegated to the least, you know, the you know, it's like no one wants it. But I think it's the greatest job.
1: Did you ever have this experience, which is when you know, when you're working, you know, when I was doing clubs and there was the MC and the middle act and the headliner. Right. I feel like I so often would have either the MC or the headliner or maybe both would come to me and say, could I recommend them? Would I tell the, own, you know, the owner or the booker uh, to, to, to move them to, you know, the MC wanted to, to middle in the middle yeah. headline. And, and I used to look at them and say, you know, here's what you should do. I go, especially the MC, I go, you should make yourself into the best fucking MC right. there. And I said, you can ask for more money, but you, you will get no end of work. Right. If you become the best. Best far- MC, Right. And don't worry about, you know, moving. Up. Right. I don't think one of them ever took my advice. And the but- middle
0: act had the cushiest job ever. It's like, here, do 20, 25 minutes, 20 to 30. And you're padded, you're padded. It doesn't matter, you know, it's like it was yeah. the easiest. Yeah. So when we, oh, people don't also don't know this, went in the eighties, the clubs would buy condominiums. And so they wouldn't have to pay for hotel rooms. And you being, I mean, there was always, if there was a woman on the show, it was one. And you'd walk into these condos. Sometimes I would go in and the people were like, would, Move in, and you're like, which which is my bedroom? It was. All, I hated it. I fuck and I, the, and oh the my, head. I
1: I, I hated. It. First of all, you felt like you were you were staying in the sperm covered furniture. Right. Right. Every fucking act that had. Okay, right. the the scene was a little on the lascivious side back then, such that they they eventually. Um, Not always, but eventually the the owners of the club would put up signs in the dressing room that asked the comics not to fuck the waitresses. Right. Um, Because that was like a thing. And I swear to you, I forget where I was now, but I swear to you, I was at a club one time years ago and I overheard these waitresses going over the calendar to see who was coming in.
0: Right. Because they were planning their sex lives. Right. But And I remember hearing all the comics going, oh, I'm going to the, you know, Chuckle Hut in Iowa. And the comics would be like, oh, you can fuck Karen, uh, Tiffany, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That, that's how they did it. They all knew yeah. who they were going to go fuck. It was crazy. Yeah. And it when was, I'm it- sitting in a fucking disgusting room
1: yeah. Reading. Yeah.
0: Like it was awful.
1: And they would have like a waitress would go over, you know, once a week and vacuum. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I stayed in some sleazy, slimy ass yeah. place. Um, and so I, you know, at a certain point I started saying, you know what? I have to have a hotel. I just have to have a hotel. Right. And, you know, I had this relationship with, with uh, these different clubs back then where I was friends with the guys who ran the club. Right. And, which is nice. You know, I looked forward to seeing them. Uh, you know, we'd go out for lunch or, you know, hang out, play basketball. I played a lot of right. basketball. And it was great. Um, but when I would make a request for something, suddenly the friendship you know, it was it was, uh, it, you know, it's like, what? what do you mean? What do you, huh? Whereas if I had just been an asshole and not friends with them, I probably. Right. But so I remember this one. I was working uh, a place in I think it was Virginia Beach, although I can't swear to it. Yeah, I think it was Virginia Beach. And so I'm told that I'm going to have a, um, a hotel. And they, you know, these guys pick me up at the airport. Great. Good to see you. Oh, it's, you know, great. So oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that together. Because this was back when you were in right. the same place for five nights. Yeah. Ugh. Um, as we're driving from the airport, and I realized that we're getting more and more uh, residential. Right. And like, like, there's no fucking way there's a hotel over this way. You right. Know? Pull up to this condo. And I'm so angry. Um, but of course I don't say anything cause right. that's, so, you know, the guys are like helping me with my luggage and, Oh, your room is up these stairs, you know? So ah, then I, I, th- I thought I'll just live with it. It's a, and then I say to them, where is the phone? And this is again, pre-cell phone. Where's the phone? And they say, we don't have a phone. Oh my God. They said, the, you, you know, the comics kept leaving us with bills. And so we don't have a phone. At which point, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. <laughs> At which point I'm, I'm walking up these stairs and I turn and I smash my head into the wall. And they're like, oh, <laughs> and they go, we do have a phone. <laughs> they say, we do have a phone. John, we just don't like people to use it. We we have a phone. And so it turns out that they have a, okay, do you remember, I think it was Time Magazine or something at one point um, was when they were hawking their magazines on television, they had some sort of a deal where you could get a football phone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they have like some fucking got, you know, like shitty, you know, football phone thing that you can take. And they go, you have to, okay, we're going to let you use it but nobody else can use it. Now there's an MC and a middle act that are staying in the same place. They go, you can use, but nobody else. So I have to plug it in and then put, and then unplug it and put it in a drawer. And I'm like, and I... It's crazy. So I'm like, okay, there's a guy that's been told there's no phone. It's the middle act. He's in a different room. He doesn't hear me talking. Right. So eventually I go to the other act and I go, look, there's a phone. And uh, don't stick these guys with the bill.
0: That would right. be bad. Yeah, because we had to pay. You had to pay for um, long distance. Right. You, yeah. That's the other thing people don't realize. When you were on the road and even in a hotel, you couldn't call because that would eat up your entire check.
1: Oh, honestly. And the hotels were particularly obscene. Ugh, in with that. The
0: comforter, the comforters. I can't. The, the, no, no. The way they did. Oh, the, yeah. The phone was that. You had, to, you had to
1: go through the hotel line. Press to nine. Yes. As you're paying your long distance fee with the phone company and you're paying a fee. Right, to right. The- to the fucking hotel. Yeah. Hotel. Nothing to hook that phone. Nothing. And, you know, if you had a phone credit card number. Yes. You so I was working in a place in outside of Detroit. I think it was I think I was staying at the Morgan Hotel. Maybe it was called, and uh, I get in. I, I I think I had kids at that point. I think, and so you know I had to I had to use the phone. I go to call and I can't make, I I can't make the credit card thing work. There's something <laughs> oh. about the hotel's phone that is stopping me right. from using the credit card thing, and so I um. You know, I call the front desk. I tell them there's a problem with the phone, um, but I have to use the phone. So uh, I go ahead and just go direct through the through the hotel to make this long distance call. And the the hotel ends up never sending anybody to fix the phone. And so I go to check out, you know, the next day or something like that. I go to check out and I get this bill. That is enormous. Right. Just. And. I can't believe it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So they never think. So I go down to the front desk and I say, look, there was a problem with the phone and I let you know there was a problem with the phone and I have to be able to use the phone. And so now there's this astronomical right. and I'm well aware that it doesn't cost you anything for, you know, this is just highway robbery. And I never complain. I mean, I, I I'll complain to you about right. something that yesterday but i never complain in an effective way ever right so this was very rare so i, sit, I, t- I t- and the woman goes oh well there's nothing we can do about it i go i'd like to speak with the manager and the manager comes out and she says okay we're going to give you 50% off well that's like admitting that what right. they do right right I, it's like it's like if you catch somebody robbing your house right and you're like, hey, 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 hey that's my yes. computer. And, and, and they go, all right, all right, uh,
0: we'll, okay, we'll put the television back.
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know,
0: we're going to take everything else. This but is we- where being Jewish comes in handy because we are excellent complainers. You know, we're very good oh. at it. Yeah. And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, dot com slash JudyGold50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? JudyGold50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, JudyGold50 to get... 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at Factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So now, Paula, there's three things I have to hit. Number yeah. one, you get on The Tonight Show with Johnny. Jimmy Stewart was on. Oh, um, I can't believe the, the guests you you know the people that were I, on I don't remember that and and your set was so groundbreaking first of all you do a bit about jimmy stewart and africa you you start and i was wondering was that i mean cuz your your brain is is incredible that did she think of that right then you you did a bit about jimmy stewart cuz he was in that africa movie and then you You go on with your set, which is just flawless. First of all, you talked about your cats, but then you talked about, I don't like sex. I don't like sex. And I thought, this is fucking amazing. Who has the enlarged balls to be that vulnerable and that honest to say, I mean, this is something people didn't talk about. Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. Yes. I mean, I, I watched that again yesterday and I just, it, it's amazing. its I don't remember any of this. Yeah. You said, I don't like sex. I don't, I mean, and then you talked about wanting to have kids and that like, oh, I, and then you talked about, you know, Sam, I am, I don't want sex in the house. I don't want sex. I, it was just fucking, I was like, she is getting a huge laugh on national television in 1987 talking about a topic no one fucking talks about in the most uh palatable, hilarious. I just I that Johnny, was he nice to, I mean, like he seems no, cold. yeah, cold you know, I, I can't remember,
1: I can't remember what I did the show. With Carson a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what's funny about the thing about saying I don't like sex is that my managers at the time, I was with this company um, that had like, you know, five men that were the man, you know, it was a management company.
0: Wait, and it was Robin Williams, Dana Carvey, all them? Yeah. Yeah. They, they loved you. Yeah. Okay. And,
1: and, well, the management company, I don't think yeah. particularly, but but there I was. and. They used to tell me not to say that I didn't like sex. Right. I mean, I think they thought it was so weird. I loved it. I was like, here's, yeah. Well, what I discovered about that was, I think I had for so much of my life thought that I was so unique in so many ways, Uh, um, uh, you know, that, that, that something that I thought or felt I must be the only one, right? And it turns out I don't think there's anything you can say that you think or feel. Uh, I mean, you may have a, a larger group or a smaller group that has thought. Right, and felt, right, right, right. But you're not alone in anything, right? Uh, you know, and I think in America, you know, we all like to think that we're so uh, special. Yeah. Oh, we're not. Um, but the thing about that was that over time. Um, it became sort of a more, I think I probably said it with more ease over time. And so it became like a more, um, oh, I love uh, uh, you know, the audience responded more. Right. I hate to use, you know, I think I, I sort of committed to it right. more. But I can't, all right, here's what I remember about Carson. The first I think it was the first time I was on that this happened, but it might not have been. It might have been another time. You know how they do this silliness with this, the chair and the- Yes. You do paddle or it was such crap, such crap. And you know, no other, the only type of performer that had to sing for their supper like that was a comic. Right. You know, you come out and you do your stand up, and then it was always a thing as to whether Johnny I would mean- wait over and it's all it's all for the most part pre preordained right if i talked about jimmy stewart in africa which i don't recall it all, okay. even, I, it would definitely have been something i just decided to wow, do wow mo-
0: that's fucking amazing
1: yeah i mean what what the stress of the i mean i i think part of the reason i don't remember those things very well is the stress yes. was so colossal Right. Foolish in, in retrospect, but there were, you know, when I was growing up, there were three television stations. Same. Yeah. And somebody literally could be, would, that overnight success idea literally. Right. Could place as a result of someone being on, being on the tonight show at all, uh, which a lot of people were good, but just Uh. that. So I think, you know, and then I had these, you know, managers that were creeping up my backside a lot of the time. Uh, so you expect it, You were hoping for so much from that appearance. Right. And your expectations were so high that I think it just, you know, it crushed your brains. Right. Right. Um, it was really, really, really stressful.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I remember standing behind that curtain when I did, I did it with Jay the first time, you know, Standing behind that curtain and having them count you and then that oh, and you're it's like, I i don't know how to it, the curtain opens and you're like, oh, my God, like, it's so yeah. fucking scary.
1: I think especially the first time, you know, you're <laughs> you know, it's like the first time you go to Hollywood Boulevard. Right. You're like, well, this is a shithole. Right. Um, I was like, this is it's not even at night, for Christ's sake. Right, 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 right. You know, everything about it just seems so not the showbiz that you thought you were going to. And so, I mean, I think part of it is you're sort of taking in like the like,
0: oh, 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 this is disappointing. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was. Yeah,
1: it's not really.
0: Oh, huh. Yeah. No, not really. I, I know. It's crazy. You then go on to do. HBO, you you did a young comedian special, Women of the Night, which I hated the name of those those shows. You know, that was the women. Those were the ones where the women could go on. It was called Women of the Night. You did a one night stand. Yeah, yeah. You then became the first woman to host the White House Correspondence Dinner. I have two questions about that. Were you more nervous about that then doing The Tonight Show, if you remember. I mean, that would be intimidating to me.
1: It, it was very intimidating. I'll tell you,
0: it was a weird event. Yeah.
1: I do a lot of, you know, award shows and are yeah. and, um, used to in the before time. Uh, you know, a lot of association events. But, you know, what the White House Correspondents Dinner, uh, the, the notion of it, is that it? Is White House correspondents, right. reporters um, that are having this event, and many, many, many of these kind of you know uh, annual galas make the same mistake, which is they you're going to be able to do two or three things at any given gala, right? And you have to decide which two or three things you're doing. Right. Are you entertaining the people in the room? Are you networking? Are you, is it really a celebration of the work of somebody? As so it's an award. Are you, um, presenting yourself? Are you showing you, are you raising awareness to the greater population? Are you raising money? Are you raising uh, money? Are you raising money? Are people, you know, networking so they want to talk? Right. Um, are you passing information to right. one Is there, You have to know what you're doing in order to make sure that you do. Right. So the White House Correspondents Dinner, the way it used to be, I think it used to be kind of, you know, the correspondents have become famous over the years, but they weren't always. Right, It was right. very um... Fade, uh, sort of? Uh... uh uh what's the um uh Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, uh His Girl Friday. Right. It was a very His Girl Friday kind of a group of people in the in, in the old days. Um they didn't have they, they, they didn't have good accommodations in right. the White House. They
0: really were it was before it was entertainment news. Like news has become entertainment. Right. It was right. actually news then. Right. And you wouldn't
1: necessarily recognize the correspondence. correspondents, right. which I did it, you, you know, CNN, in fact, Charles Bierbauer from CNN back then was the head of the white house correspondence, uh, 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 you know, association or whatever it was. Um, he's the guy that hired me. And originally, by the way, I was like, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Right. So I get there. And there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of sort of, events leading up to that event um all of which were fun but i get there and it's you know the dais and uh, you know the important people sitting in important people chairs and and that room wasn't quiet i mean it might have been quiet when bush it was back when it was the first right Bush. um it might have been quiet when bush was talking but not when their brethren were talking but right. Charles- Made a speech. The whole, you could barely even tell he was making a speech. Right. The whole was talking because, because it was a networking. It was a thing right. where people wanted to be with each other. Well, then you have to allow them to do that. Right. right? And that's the fun part. Who are you at the table with? That's the fun right. part. It was really not a fun performing experience. And the other thing that they used to do, uh, mistakenly, I believe, I mean, I, I didn't fit into this category. But, like, I remember Cl- Clinton had that radio guy. It was one of the, you know, it was maybe pre-Howard Stern or, right. or early Howard Stern years. As, where- as the comic, you mean? Um, yes. I can't right. think of his name now, but he was, you know, provocative. Right. Incendiary. It, ugly. Uh he had like long, what the fuck was that guy's name? And then the next I'm day. I'm looking in, it
0: up. I'm looking it up. The, yeah, The next ahead. day in
1: the news, it's, boy, he, you know, he said some things people did. Oh, boy, he was, you know, like, okay, what did you think you were getting? Don, oh, Don Imus, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Don Imus. So, so Don Imus goes on and he's very Don Imus. Right. They're like, oh, Jesus, it was,
0: it was awful. Okay, yeah, because he doesn't want. That's belong. what you got. But when right. you did it, they talked about what you wore. Yes, yes. And, and, I, and I, yeah, and it, I read that you thought, oh, that was the first time you realized, oh, this is what they do to women. Like I I had never yeah. thought of myself as, you know, a female comedian or, you know.
1: The Washington Post the following day, a, you know, Paula Poundstone in a, in a white tuxedo. And by the way, it, it was a beautiful white. Tuxy. I bet it was. Uh, but yeah, like how fucking weird. Does anybody know what Don Imus wore? Does yeah, any- no. It, but but anyways, I, I I don't think the event. And at the point at which I do it, it, it I did it. It was also not televised. Right. I mean, there may have been. Uh, you know, there may have been a, a cameraman with a that used a clip somewhere. Right. Televised. So, it, I think as the years went on, you know, they tried to sort of they try you Hollywood know they try, eyes it like yeah. yeah yeah they watch like the Emmys or something right and right it, right um so I don't know I, it, it was fun in many ways I was glad I was there it's a lovely credit to throw on my resume right. but um I you know it's it, as a as a performing experience you can pretty much drop kick it
0: I have one more question and then two more little questions. Is okay. that okay? Number yeah. one, crowd work. You are now like I was told. I used to do so much crowd work as I MC. You are, it's otherworldly. Your crowd work and the fact that you were able to do it on an HBO special that you have been, you have these convictions and you don't stray from them and the and like you are the queen of well, I'm not genderizing, but your crowd work is amazing. And the fact that you love it and you love it. And, and I was always told, no, don't do crowd work. You can't do, pr-. and I was like, that's my favorite part.
1: It is the best part, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it separates it from every other art form. There's no fourth wall. They become part of the shit. It's like, and you're using your brain. You're, uh
1: Yeah. Plus I have the greatest audience. That's part of the reason I stopped. I stopped working clubs. I, I work in theaters and I don't have anybody open for me because honestly, I'm just too selfish. Right. I They've they come to see me and I want to spend as much time with them as I possibly right. can. I, yeah, I love talking, you know, I, I love all the different careers that I've, you know, yes. I where are you from? What do you do for a living? And, and it I, also becomes
0: bits for me. It's like, then I can retell. I once had this to talk to this person, you know, like, and it becomes a bit a lot of the time.
1: Well, that would be helpful to me. But <laughs> I have no. I my my memory has been, I think it was kid ravaged to yes. begin, with, and you, then COVID.
0: Uh, COVID, yeah.
1: The stress of what's gone on for the last, well, honestly, for the last six years, I can't remember a goddamn thing anymore. Right.
0: Well, they 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 hijacked your brain. Yeah. You also wrote your kids weren't doing well in math and you wrote math books. I mean, you're fucking amazing.
1: Well, I I, let's let's know and think I'm good at math. I'm not. I I wrote a a series of math workbooks with my high school math teacher and I just wrote the stories. She wrote the math. In fact, she had to explain some of the concepts to me in order for me
0: stories so that they apply. Um, but, uh, yeah, slope okay. was challenging me. I hate, I hate it. it. makes me crazy. Okay. My last two questions. Number one, we're very pro mental health. What do you do for your mental okay. health? I know you exercise.
1: I do exercise. I, the answer is I don't do enough for my mental right. health. Um, it has been, you know, it's been wonderful to get back, to some road jobs I started back in June I don't know how long it's going to last I think that the I think that the anti-vaxxers are hell-bent on creating a a new variant that 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 it's going to bring us I have pets and I do think it's a double-edged sword because it's a shitload of work taking care of them but as a result of the fact that I have two big dogs um I walk most days Right. And I do think that that's really helpful. I think my sleep is is pretty insane because that's very important. And I consider it a badge of honor to be awake forever, right? And I don't any longer. I I, I, because it's just you know you don't you're not regenerating, right? And I'll tell you one of the things I think that's happened in terms of my work i always love my work uh, it's the greatest job in the world and i yeah. and i always aware of that and there are times that even doing the greatest job in the world i would feel i don't know somehow put upon right uh, you know, like i'd be working a lot and i'd feel like oh my god i to, how come i don't get to break to right. right and boy being stripped of it for a year and a half. Oh, I know. I'm so grateful. Gratitude. I like that. Last just, question. Just recognizing how yeah. lucky. And, yeah, knowing you, and you're so
0: great at what you do and you make people happy. All right. Now I call the podcast, kill me now, which is politically incorrect because I'm always aggravated. I always get annoyed and I'm always <laughs> like, oh my God, kill me now. So what makes you crazy, annoyed, mad? Like what where you're like, "Oh my god, I I, I mm.
1: Oh well, I don't like it when things happen at the same time. Like and the thing is timing-wise, so uh, like the like I'll go a whole day where the phone never rang, right? And then I'm talking to one person and there's and, a oh, you know, and I'm like, "How the fuck? How is that uh cat pee in places it doesn't belong?" Yes. There? Um
0: I remember that. But
1: in a in a more global sense, it's very, very, very hard for me to understand why the, the human race, after all that we've been through, doesn't know to love one another. Wow. Oh. It's 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 frustrating. Right. And I don't hate the anti vaxxers. But I'm pretty pissed at him. Yeah, same. You know, because I feel like I don't understand. What? how could you? Right.
0: It's not about you. It's about other people. It's about other people.
1: Yeah. And uh, I genuinely love people. Uh, You know, a naked guy with a gun could come up to me and whisper and I'd go, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I, I don't feel suspicious a lot. Right. I genuinely love people. And, and maybe it's because, you know, I read the wa- wrong books and watched the wrong movies. Right. So I
0: don't know. I'm an idiot. But you can't lose that. You can't lose that. Don't let those bastards get. Don't it. let them. Don't let them win. Um, <laughs> Paula, I I can't thank you enough. Like this is, I have eight other million things I want to talk to you about. I think you are. I, I just, I. I just adore you. I respect you on so many levels as a human being, as a mother. Is it Tosha? Tosha? Tosha. Tosha, Marie, Alice in Wonderland, Johnson, Poundstown. I love, I, I just, you are one of a kind. I fucking, you're so talented. You're so smart. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish only good things for you.
1: Well, the same right back at Uh, uh, you. I I am an admirer of yours as well. Um, And uh, I love it when we're together. It's not often enough. And I want to play ping pong.
0: Oh. And eat ring things. And eat ring things. Oh, my. And take off the tinfoil and make it really.
1: They don't use tinfoil anymore. I hate them. Oh, it's in
0: the plastic. That shit.
1: Yeah. It's awful, right? Yeah. Remember
0: you used to make it and you used I, to like, like uh, and, iron it with your fingers? Then, well, they used to have one that had a circle logo
1: on it and yeah. you like a button and you were in the yeah. ring ding I was very high up in the ring ding yes. club. Judy, thank you very, very much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one, the only Paula Poundstone. I mean, she's... I, I, I'm speechless. I fucking love her. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. The podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. Please subscribe. Please leave a review, a review. Five stars. Not like my Uber review. I want five stars, people. Five fucking stars buy my book yes i can say that when they come for the comedians we're all in trouble go to my website judygold.com see all the new stuff i'm doing if you didn't see me on aquafina go watch me on aquafina because aquafina is the fucking best the show is great and i happen to be on an episode of this season okay i will be performing at a uh in an area an area near you I am scheduled to perform uh, in scars I can't even talk, Scarsdale, New York on October 23rd. Okay. I, oh, I'll be at- in Provincetown for Women's Week for all the leslies, And um, I'm going to be going to uh, Florida on November 6th. But whatever, go to my website, judygold.com and you'll see everything I'm doing and everything I'm not doing, but just stuff about me and it's all about me. If you're not vaxxed, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, If you are vaxxed, please wear a mask. I double mask on the plane you know, and in the airport and I yell at people. I yell at people all the time. Um, So if I'm not around in a few months because someone just couldn't take me anymore, I love you. So um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram for everything you need to know about me um that's at judy gold j-e-w-d-y-g-o-l-d you know like jew because i'm a jew (laughs) gold what else do i have to say enjoy the new season new beginnings new and if you're still listening i can't tell you how much i love you the fact that you haven't turned me off right now I, i just i love you more than anything and um you know I think you're awesome and don't let anyone else say shit shit about you because you know you're fucking great anyway thank you thank you thank you for listening tell your friends about the show do something nice for someone take care of your mental health go exercise go be kind and as we always say so long and uh, everything was wonderful I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.